0: Hey, did you know that you're more likely to be hit by lightning than killed by a shark?
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard that one before.
0: And the animal that kills the most people in Australia every year is the horse? Mm, I've never trusted them. Oh, wow. And the Americans faked the moon landing just to prove their superiority over the Soviets. Well,
1: that's contentious. I wonder it's, if
0: there are any other moon facts here. Well, just be careful. There's some
1: real weirdos out there trying to sell you pills and crystals and other junk, and they really latch onto stuff like the that. The moon
0: isn't even real. It's a hologram. Which celestial bodies are holograms?
1: Well, well you have to check where this information is coming from. Not all websites are created equal. It's the internet. It's like the Wild West out there, man.
0: Ah, uh, this page says that the whole moon hologram thing was made yeah, up. Yeah,
1: see? Like, good to know you're on the right side of the internet now.
0: Yeah, it says the whole thing is made of cheese.
1: Well, that's true, actually. Wensleydale. <laughs> Did the hand, you did thing. The hand <laughs> thing? That's what got <laughs> me. It's like <laughs> daily. You can't see it, but
0: we're doing the the gru- the Wallace from yeah. Wallace and Gromit finger fingers tingling if, thing. If,
1: if if you actually got that reference before we told you it was Wallace <laughs> and Gromit, you Congrats. can come. You can come guest show on the podcast. <laughs> so
0: you're on our tier. <laughs> I'm wondering if the American listeners are aware of Wallace and Gromit. It seems like such an intensely British thing. It is really British. Like I, I like my
1: dad. It, always says like don't forget the cheese gromit yeah, yeah. like constantly it's like a bit of a thing
0: in our house but it's funny because yeah. in australia we get such a mix of american and british content and i think we assume that the rest of the world is the same but it's kind of unique in australia mm. i think anyway if you're an american listener let us know if you've heard of and or seen any wallace and gromit i'm curious well, the
1: curse of the were rabbit
0: probably the film the, the that film, was a pretty big film but let us know if you've seen the shorter animated ones like the sort of 40 mm. and 50 minute ones we have a podcast. Oh yeah. Welcome to the Get Commander podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. We're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James. Now, before we get to the
1: transmission this week, I can see the... Green light is blinking really, really quickly today mm. for some reason. Um, I just did want to remind everyone that if you are enjoying the ridiculousness that is the Get Commanded podcast and want to support us, the best way to do it is, of course, at patreon.com slash Podcast. Go check it out best way to support what we do and keep us making stuff and things and get rewarded there's some cool perks on there
0: yeah if you want to see more ridiculous walls and gromit references um that's the best (laughs) way to make that happen i guess um we do have an incoming transmission i can see the green light is blinking so from the deep depths of the galaxy from the space commanders it's time to get commanded Gathering data allows one to draw more authoritative conclusions about the format, like the duration, quality, and conclusion of the average game.
1: Walt, please present your findings from your most recent experiment on 50 games. Oh, okay. You're doing another side mission for the yes. space commanders again. So another how another long term
0: one. Yeah, how long ago did you get this? Fifty games. Fifty games. It took me twenty weeks. To record the data from 50 Commander games. So um, I've actually mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, maybe very briefly. Mm -hmm. um, And those of you who play with me are very aware of it because I pull it out and... Pretty much every time
1: you finish a game, you're like, oh, I'm filling out a game log. Yes.
0: (laughs) So I've been keeping a game log. Um, I won't spoil the different aspects of the game that I've been logging because we're going to go into all of that when we look at the actual stats themselves. But yeah. interested. 50 Commander games. Uh, It took... Yeah, 20 weeks for me to reach 50 games. Mm-hmm. Um, this averaged out to me playing two and a half, roughly, average games mm. per week. Which that actually, seems a little low to me. That's interesting because, to me, this was higher than I expected. I was kind of thinking, like, oh, you know... I play at the LGS like that seems like on the main Tuesday place nights, on yeah. Tuesday nights. And mostly I tend to play one to two games. Very occasionally do I fit three in. Mm. So I was like, how on earth am I getting two and a half average games per week? But what I didn't account for is that between those, and even though they were rare, there were times where I was playing a lot of games in a row. So, Kitchen table, yeah.
1: Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, we did a lot of kitchen table stuff where we'd yeah. play like four games in yeah. a
0: night. Well, or even, um, and we'll go into a sec where all the games were played, but the, f- I played five games at that command fest. We only went for one of the days of command fest, but we were there the whole day and we played yeah. five games. So, like, that is going to bump up my average quite yeah. substantially to play five games in one day. That's fair. Um, I,
1: I would have thought, I reckon there's also other contributing factors here, like you've had. Just recently, you've done a show and you've had like a whole season for yes. that. And you've taken a lot of time out to like, you know, work
0: on the show. Haven't get... played much Kitchen Table in that time. It's exactly. Yeah. So I
1: think that I genuinely reckon your average would probably be higher in the average 20 weeks across, you know, the whole year. I reckon mm. you'd probably get three to four games a week if
0: we interesting. were... interesting. I should have done... The thing I should have done is pull a line graph or something with date on, date on the bottom and then number of games. And you could see... Oh, yeah, helping like, up. yeah. Maybe I'll pull that at some other point. That might be interesting. Share it on the Patreon or something. Yeah. Um, I do want to um, specifically mention here, because I sort of already mentioned it, where the games were played. Mm-hmm. I think this might be interesting for those of you just conceptualizing the data and what it will be alluding to. Um, so, over those 50 games, 31 were played uh, at an LGS. And actually, funnily enough, all of them were played at our local game store, Good Games Greensboro. There you um, go.
1: Statistically, most likely to play with. Well,
0: if you go to Good Games. if you game, go bro. to good games, <laughs> most of my games are played there. Um, there were 13 kitchen table games. That was yep. the next most popular. That kind of checks out, I think. Yep. Um, there's five of those at Command Fest, and only one played over Spell Table. Yeah, you've not been a, as present on Spell Table in the last couple of months. No, it must. It's interesting. I think if j- the game log extended back even a couple of months I reckon I would have captured a lot more spell table games For sure there was a period of time where we, both of us were playing a lot over spell table mm. it's kind of ebbed a bit now we'll probably go back up when we start uh, streaming to be know, honest I still play quite a bit because of CDH but yes yeah. yes that makes sense um, but yeah clearly the Tuesday commanded nights are still my main way of playing commander which is what I expected yeah right? Um For those of you who are curious as well, in terms of the breakdown of the games, and especially those of you... We've talked a lot about how James plays a lot more CDH than me. Mm -hmm. Um, Of the games that I played, (laughs) there are actually four categories here. There were 46 casual commander games. There was one game of CDH. One? One in 20 weeks. So, that really conceptualizes how little I'm drawn towards playing CDH. Oh, my Lord. Um, There were two PDH games. So, I know that's technically not... Commander EDH, but it's close enough that it's, I was willing to counter. Yeah,
1: 100% is. It's still like a lot of the things that happen in PDH are the same as in EDH. Yeah. There are lots of, you know, interaction between multiple players. There's
0: politics. Yeah. It's a multiplayer there's format. There's commander damage. Yeah. There's like four players. Like I think there's enough in common that I'm willing to call it commander. Yep. Um. And there was one, we've talked about this before, machine learning decks game. This yes. was uh, <laughs> our lovely patron Fletcher when he um had, j- he's got like a line of code. I don't understand how it works. It's a machine learning kind of thing, like a mm. bot that builds decks, and we played a game where all of the decks were built by this bot, yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, it, it was really impressive, and Fletcher, please share the details of how this AI thing works in the Get Commander Discord, because... Yeah. It was interesting. It was super like, interesting. The, it did like a pretty decent job. I had an Agar deck, like mm-hmm. the, the giant that says whenever you're dealing excess damage to yeah. a creature draw a card. The blue-red one, yeah. I've always wanted to build that deck. I think it's really cool. And I think so. It functioned really, really well. Mm. But then there were some like random artifacts that you're like... This doesn't do anything yeah. for my
0: attack. I think he was saying like that there was like an algorithm that he'd made that kind of would look at the top cards in EDH rec. I think it used Scryfall, but Scryfall has an EDH rec filter. So, you can filter something by how commonly it appears in decks on EDH rec. Yeah. It was using that, but he had like a sort of wild card feature. I think he had
1: like four, maybe five or ten, like five to ten slots of wild card appearances. It would
0: just kind of like grab one from anywhere in the list and go, let's just try that. And so, yeah, I was playing this card in one of my decks that was like a three mana 1-1 that said in the beginning of your upkeep put a spore counter on it and oh, then you can yeah, you can remove like 3 <laughs> spore counters from it to make one saproling. wasn't that in your opening hand and yeah, you kept it just I so you like, could see it work this is hilarious it also had a green burn spell in it. it had a 3 mana instant that said it deals 4 damage to target creature and i was it was what? from like fourth edition or something wow. and i was like this is bizarre
1: <laughs> well there you go ai that was part of your 50 yeah, games no. <laughs>
0: So, you know, in terms of like, uh, you know, we've both done a little bit of science in uni and high school, and that kind of thing. If you're drawing conclusions about the quality of the game, this one would be what we call an outlier. <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily going to reflect the data yeah. at large, but it's in there. So it's there in go. there, yeah.
1: And it, it does reflect there will be an outlier of like random games. Like, you know, something that didn't appear here was pre-con decks. You you didn't have no, a precon game, but like I
0: don't play pre-con games. Yeah, d- at all in this case. Yeah. Just recently,
1: like I played a full four-pod of the Doctor Who decks. So like that yeah. for me would be in a considered an outlier game because it's not something that I've created. It's more of a board game style effect. We played Plane Chase mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's interesting that out of the 50 games that you've got, they're actually mostly what you would expect to see, like pretty much predominantly casual decks that you've built, yeah, with CDH appearing because you've got one, <laughs> yeah,
0: and then yeah, a, a couple bit of, of other EDH formats, and yeah. some other stuff, yeah. yeah. I I think um this illustrates the divide between how much CDH each of us play though pretty heavily. Mm. I I thought that there would be at least oh maybe two to three, maybe even four. CDH games in that period of time so when I saw one I was like wow no wonder it feels like you are like our CDH authority (laughs) at Get Commanded here.
1: Yeah I do play a lot of it now. Um, I would also say that I probably now just looking at the stats I'm I'm probably going to try and now when I get back from the UK I'm going to try and record 50 games myself. Okay. Might not do a full episode on it because I'm looking at the data that you've collated (laughs) here and there's a lot. It's extensive. Um, But I reckon I'm guessing that I might play more commander than you based on average. I think so. I would reckon. And also like more commander games because CDH games tend to be a lot quicker. Mm. And I would, I occasionally will drop down to the game store on like a Wednesday night and play with CDH. people, And we'll play like five, six games of CDH Mm. in a night. Whereas you're playing a casual game that's, yeah... I mean, I'm assuming we're going to talk about the duration of the games.
0: That's a big one. Well, that was one that Space Commanders called out. So, yeah, I'll have yeah, to. Because <laughs>
1: like I reckon, yeah, my duration of games would probably be a lot shorter if I'm playing more CDH. Because and, of CDH, yeah. And
0: even then, I tend to play like
1: more higher-powered casual than you. You do, um, definitely. So, I feel like those games end a little bit quicker as well. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do feel like I should... For for data, um, <laughs> do my own fifty games I'd, so I can see the comparison.
0: That would be super interesting. If nothing else, if we just did a comparison episode where we compared the stats with each other, I think that could be really interesting. All
1: right, uh, when I get back,
0: we'll do it. <laughs> Based on the fact that you're playing CDH, it will not take you twenty weeks. So I reckon. Well, if I play <laughs> if I one, ten... <laughs> if I play
1: one CDH tournament in that time, that's like, I mean, like that's like six, six, games, six seven games seven games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like a fifth of the way
0: there. Um, I thought we should jump right into some of the juicy stuff. Uh, I know you're all thinking it. What was Walt's win rate? How many... What percentage of games did I win? It was 34%.
1: Wow. So, you are above what we... Because we've said before, 25% You should be, should be your win rate because... In a perfect world. In a perfect world where you're playing perfectly balanced games at Commander all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyone should have the opportunity to win. So, you've got a quarter of a chance. Yeah. To win. Yeah. 25%. But you're above average. You're 10% above average, basically. 9% above average.
0: Look, I think, yes, I totally agree. In a perfect world, it should be about 25%. I'm not that dissatisfied with a one in three chance of winning. I mean, like... That's pretty amazing, (laughs) Well, selfishly, I'm like, this is great. And I win this often. And I'm also kind of like, look... I think you've got to acknowledge, I mean, we've updated our Rule Zero template to acknowledge the amount of experience people have playing Commander. Mm,
1: That's our fourth question yeah. yeah.
0: I've played and watched a lot of Commander. I don't think it's unreasonable that when I play, to be honest, a lot with new players at our local game store... Mm. Or less experienced players at our local game store, I probably am just more likely to win. You know, if, if we were to look yeah. at some of the other players at our store who tend to win a lot based on our, you know, subjective Yeah, they've experience. been playing
1: longer than us, more consistently than us. Yeah,
0: and I, I would suspect that, you know, someone like Daniel or Ben or some of these people might have a win rate even higher than mine. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I lose to them so often. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We used to have um, with with one of my play groups. Um, we used to have a couple of people do this um, like kind of scale thing where they would start at zero, right? Mm-hmm. And this is how they'd keep track of their win rate. Yeah, they would start at zero, and then they'd play a game. And once they play that game, if they win, they get plus three points because they beat three opponents. I heard of this. Where if they lose, they take away a point because they got beaten by three Mm. opponents and it's just a loss, right? So if you add and subtract, so if you add three when you win and take away one when you lose, Mm -hmm. you can see if you're in a positive win rate which is higher than 25%. So higher than zero in this case, because yeah. you have more points. You'd be gaining more points than you're losing. Correct. And then if you would see, if you were in a lower bracket, because if you're below zero, that means you're losing more often. Mm. And this actually came about because um, one of my good friends, Brad, felt like he was losing more games a Commander than he was
0: winning, mm-hmm.
1: which to be fair, you probably are. Yeah. Because yeah, even you're losing more games than you're winning. 34%. Yeah. i were losing
0: f- 66% of the time. That's yeah. two thirds of the time. I'm still losing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And this was a way for Brad to... To get go like to get in his head to be like, no, actually, I'm actually pretty good mm. because I'm above 25%. So oh, if I okay. get three points, I'm going above. And like he was sitting on for a really long time, he was sitting on about like six or seven points, like wow, there or thereabouts. And I'm like, dude, that's actually considerably higher, yeah, than losing more
0: often, yeah, like, considerably. I think it's good. It's. I think this is just more likely to happen, yeah. right? I, I just think when you're very experienced, and especially when you're playing a lot with people who might be less experienced than you, mm. it's just going to happen. And yeah, I think you should aim to keep it as close to 25% as you possibly can. But I think it's okay that it's a little higher. I, I think yeah. if, I, if my win rate was sitting more like 40%, I might be like, okay, I'm probably misrepresenting my decks a bit here, or mm-hmm. I'm making some missteps in power level discussions and that kind of thing. But I think... 34% I'm sort of like yeah, yeah you know I'm a little higher than average but not a lot higher. I think the important thing to like
1: take away from this is you should expect to lose. And I think like with mm. Brad's number scale he was like if he had a couple of weeks where he'd be like running away and he'd be like on 10 15 points mm. and he gets a loss and he has to take away a point he's like I deserve that. Like, yeah, it's about time that I have a loss. You oh, know?
0: It was very interesting watching across the data as I was looking down the log that there were kind of periods of time where I reckon my win rate was a bit higher, and then periods of time where it was a lot lower where It'd I lost six or seven games in a row. To
1: see it on that plot graph, for example, if you were like mm. playing more often, your win rate would be higher because you'd be yeah. more
0: in the zone if you can like I reckon. Yeah. I think I think it also has a lot to do with the commander I was playing. Um, But we'll go into that a bit later. Sure. I I don't know that I tracked the win rate of each commander because I think I found most of them are pretty reasonable. But um, there were some commanders that I just lost with a lot. And speaking of... (laughs) Which Commander decks did Walt play the most often?
1: This was one of the ones that I guessed when we were having a chat and I nailed it. I let
0: James (laughs) have a couple of guesses and I wanted to leave the rest up to uh, to him to hear live right now. I have like
1: been looking away from the notes and the data that Walt (laughs) has on screen so I can try and guess some of this later on.
0: So uh, the decks I played the most frequently, the most... A uh, common deck that was played is the one that James guessed, which is my Katilda and Lear humans deck. This has become like the the season two version of your Kaza Royal Chaser deck <laughs> of the Get That's Commander true. podcast.
1: Like when we first started, you just built this Kaza Wizards deck. Yeah. And it was all you talked about. Then it kind of became Mowu. Now it's mm. definitely Catilda and Lear.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. In the It's interesting the which decks I played most often and how recently those decks were built. So, interesting. Because the most played deck was Catilda and Lear, which I built probably about four or five months ago now, if I had yep. to guess. I played that deck seven times over the 50 games, which is pretty significant. It's
1: nearly, yeah, it's like just under a fifth of all games. Yeah,
0: pretty pretty frequently that's making an appearance. Um, my next most common was Thursday Incarnate. Uh, yep. This is the Thrifty Thursday's Commander. For those of you who may not have seen the episode, um, Deck Archetypes Thrifty 100, I think I it think was called. I think it's episode 52, I that think. That sounds right, actually. Yeah, because yeah. it was a funny thing if it worked out Fifty-two the number of weeks, weeks a year. year yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Thursday in kind of I played six times. I wanted to test the deck, wanted to make sure it was working. I also wanted to play it because it was a goofy thing that I'd done. Yeah. Um, the custom commander there. And then the next uh, ones were all tied. There were th- uh, four decks. Yeah, four decks tied at four games apiece, mm-hmm. so a little bit of a jump down. But it was Estrid, Baba La Saga, Azor the Lawbringer, hey. and Mowu Loyal Companion.
1: Really happy to see that Azor's on the top three list here because, yeah. like... That's a deck that you that I even said a couple of episodes ago that I wouldn't be shocked if you disassembled because I don't feel like it gets enough love. Yeah. But the fact that it's appeared is, is good, and I actually really want you to be playing this deck more often. I think, I think it's I've, a great deck.
0: I've been more wanting to have a deck for high-powered games if they happen, and so yeah. I've been bringing it to the LGS. I, I brought it to um, Command Fest and yeah. brought, brought it out a couple of times, I think, at Command Fest yeah because not match power with some of the decks that were there because i
1: feel like you're a bit of an outlier of most commander players a lot of people are probably on average i would have a guess building a lot higher than you in terms of power i'd say so um and i think azor is your answer to these games where you're faced with it because you're running like you're running a study you're running solitude you're running i think you've got an Urza saga in there now
0: there's have you? A, no, don't have it as a Saga, no. But oh, you
1: got you got a um, Shockland in there, though.
0: There's a Shockland yeah. in there. There's a Path to Exile. There's a Swords yeah. to Plowshares. Like, it's just a lot of the best cards. Yeah. The, I would say the, the synergy pieces in the deck are still pretty goofy and weird, like most of my decks, <laughs> but the interaction is better than any other deck I have. Like It's got the great counter spells, sure. really good mana base. Like Yeah, it just the consistency goes up as a result of You have of got things. an infinite in there as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Kills you when it happens. (laughs) You draw your deck out, no way of stopping it.
0: (laughs) But yes, technically, it is infinite (laughs) combo, or you know, infinite to until I run out of cards in my deck and die. Um, I don't know. Maybe like if you've. To gain control of a Platinum Angel, you're okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, would that not be a draw? Because I would. Atta- I it, I can't stop the loop. Oh
1: yeah, you would make a loop that doesn't actually.
0: Oh no, because st- I can't draw cards anymore. I would run out of cards, so I can't draw cards, so I can't gain life to make me draw cards. So oh, it, would, stop. Would, it would, would actually stop the stop loop, at but zero you would cards.
1: end. You would end up with zero cards in library, yeah, And
0: then the if, is if a Platinum Angel. I'm, I'm I'm lost. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, to to go back to the to the stats here, I do yeah. love Azor of the Lordmanger though. Um. It's interesting that, uh, oh, sorry, the other one I wanted to note it here, I played all of my decks at least once. So, there wasn't a single deck in your collection, which, granted, is huge, mm-hmm. that you didn't play. At least once. That's awesome. That's really There were really a lot good. of decks I only played once, though, which is interesting, I think, compared to seven and six and four for some of these ones. Sure. Um... So I think the the most interesting thing to note here is there's a very clear tendency towards decks I've built recently. Azor is the only deck in that top six that I've just described that wasn't built in the last 12 months. Mm. Um, Azor is my first commander deck, so admittedly, is very old in that way. Yeah, it but... was made out of cards with elastic band around them in an <laughs> iPad box. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, but yeah, the other five decks that are in that top six are all very recent. Um, Barbala Saga, I just built. Estrid yeah. and Catilda and Lear were just before that. Thursday Incarnate was around that time and Mobu was the deck I built before that. Pretty so pretty
1: much all within the
0: last year and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And most of them even within the last six months.
1: Yeah, that's. That's really interesting. I guess this does say a little bit about like the fact that a lot of people have decks just that are sitting around yeah they could disassemble them and probably not even miss the fact that they're gone
0: yeah I I, this is really like I'm I've been an advocate on this podcast before for disassembling decks that you're not enjoying mm-hmm. but I think I maybe need to um do it more because <laughs> yeah. there's really there's just like there's decks that I love and that I enjoy playing but I'm not reaching for them well so.
1: I just recently did a huge cull of my <clears throat> decks and um, <clears throat> it is in preparation for a command that will be coming soon because I read it <laughs> um, all of James's deck ranked yeah. because Walt did his mine's coming it's time I promise yours, yep. but I culled a lot in preparation for that because I had just decks sitting on a shelf like I have an Attractor Infect deck you never I pulled that never out I never play that deck no. so yeah I think this is a good message like if you can see just by like the fact that Walt played 50 games and one deck came up once because he built it years ago and it was just because he tried to match a power level or he wanted something different that deck could be put to better use by using the cards for a new deck. Mm. You're not going to miss it. No. 50 games came up
0: once. Yeah. Eh. It's probably not being played as much as it should. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I just wanted to have one little last note on this bit, which is that I tracked the performance of each of my decks in each game. I just had a separate section of my game log that just was like freeform notes of just like how the deck perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I especially was highlighting cards that weren't working. This was a really good way for me to slow down my tinkering because I had to kind of see a card not work. And often a couple of times before yeah. I was like, this has got to come out. Like the most recent one was in my... Um, my Oh my God, I'm blanking. Bubble Saga deck. Yeah. Uh, there's, I was playing Guildless Commons, the colorless oh, the bounce, bounce lands. land, yeah, yeah, and I realized that because I'm sacrificing lands in that, oh, you deck, don't want to
1: sacrifice a bounce land,
0: and also it's like cutting me down on lands, and it's a colorless land, and a lot of the things in the deck were like low, low mana curve, um, mm-hmm. uh, ca- high color pip intensity cards. Anyway, and it took seeing it a couple of times in a game before going, I think this is actually not doing what it needs to do in the deck. Interesting, and I cut it.
1: I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for like (laughs) slowing down because I have seen you like literally have been like walking in for a recording session, you're Mm. tinkering with a deck and you're like, I'm cutting this card. I'm like, I haven't even seen that card come out in your deck yet.
0: I I really want to avoid doing that. And I'm glad that this
1: helped me to do it. Especially when you're buying singles and like you bought this card from a website. It's come to you, you've put it in the sleeve, you've shuffled it up, you've just not seen it in your hand. I know. And then a month later, you're like, well... To the bin you go. Yeah. Like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's true. Um, I'd like to j- dive into specifically what the space commanders asked for because it's been a while already, and we've just given the rundown of the data. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I was tracking and that the space commanders wanted to hear about was duration, the duration of the games that I tracked. Interesting. I didn't track this across every game. I think the first. four four I didn't do it for and then was like oh this might be interesting to track and then I tracked it for like 46 games especially considering we have an episode
1: called our games are too long yeah
0: (laughs) I really wanted to was interested in that and I also wanted to track the performance of the commander clock because I used that for a few games and I wanted to see what they did to the length of the game
1: interesting all right show your findings (laughs) I will
0: I will across all of the games that I played including ones with the clock Mm -hmm. uh the average game length was a hundred minutes so an hour and 40 minutes Aaron forty. Yeah, well, that's a bit longer than I would have thought. It's. I actually thought it might be a little a little longer than that. To be honest, interesting. It, I think it's not too bad. It's a bit longer. You know, in our games are too long. That episode we mentioned that we'd love games 90. that go for ninety minutes. Yeah, even eighty minutes is good. So an hour and 40 is a bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. There were some outliers here, by the way, of games that went for two hours or three hours in some cases. It's not shocking. I think I was a part of a few of those. <laughs> I recall you were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so this is a bit longer than you expected. Probably a bit shorter than I expected, but not... It's it's, it's, it's not reasonable. It's
1: Yeah, and to be honest, in our episode, we when we talked about game length, we pretty much hit the nail on the head. We mm. said that it would be between the 80 and two hour yeah. mark. Like 80 minutes, two hours, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, and 100 sits kind of right in the middle there. I would probably say that 100 minutes is... Yeah, I think I said that my av- my precise want of a game is 90 minutes. Yeah. 100 minutes is just at that cusp where I'm like... I'm okay with this as long mm. as I can see the... Like, if I get to 90 minutes in a game mm-hmm. and I can see the end of the game coming, yeah. then I feel okay to play for an extra 10, 15, maybe for even sure. 20 minutes. Yeah. But if I'm at 90-minute mark and it's I'm like... a board wipe's just resolved. Oh, my God. I'm just like, well, f- Jesus. All right, let me go get dinner. <laughs> actually, no, let me put the roast in the oven because it's going <laughs> to take
0: that long. The beauty of kitchen table. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just cook something real quick. Yeah. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so that was across all of the games though. So then that includes the games where we use the commander clock. So this, for those who don't know, this was the, the sort of chess clock style thing that um, Command Zone have been a big advocate for recently. They've used it for Game Nights Live which yeah. has
1: been really the grand championship
0: just happened for Game Nights I Live. I haven't watched it yet but I'm really keen to. I won't to. tell you any spoilers.
1: I've watched it. It was so
0: good. I've heard it was really good. I actually do not Do know who won because I saw it on socials but I... Do I do know yeah, who won. Alright, yeah. we won't give any spoilers, no, for, we won't the, give any spoilers. And for the listeners but, but go we, check it out. It yeah. was
1: an amazing game and just like great personalities at that table. Yeah,
0: it looked like a really good pod. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- they've been a big advocate for this Commander Clock so basically you set an amount of time at the beginning the game the clock counts down when it's your turn or when you have priority when it reaches zero you either lose or in the case of how we've been playing mm-hmm. it you have to the end of that turn to attempt to win the game um so the clock was used we ended up opting for between 15 and 20 minutes most of the time which is something we've said is kind of perfect yeah and so i used it for 14 games so i didn't use it most of the time i was not using the clock but especially when i was playing at the store and there was like 80 minutes or an hour left until it close i was very often like hey folks I know we want to get another game in. I think the most likely chance we have of it ending before the store closes is is if we use this clock. clock. Do you mind giving it a go? And people were very accommodating of, of doing that. So for the games where we didn't use the clock, so this was not the 14, the other, you know, 30 odd games. The average game length was 109 minutes, so about an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah,
1: so longer than the average game length. Yes. So, I'm
0: assuming that when you use the clock, it was below average? It was comfortably below average. The average length of a game with the clock was 74 minutes. Whoa, that is significant difference. Yeah, so an hour and 50 versus an hour and and 15. So, like 35 minutes of difference. Oh,
1: my Lord, that's huge. Yeah. So, like... Okay, so if you do 15 minutes on each person's clock, that's an hour. So theoretically, theoretically, but it should be an hour if everyone runs down to zero. But mm. you get to the end of the game and you're like, no, no, no. Everyone can take a little bit of extra time. Yeah, and I, then
0: I found in practice that if you set a 20-minute clock, yeah. the game very frequently finishes in an hour. Which is interesting because you actually have an hour and 20 minutes there. Mm-hmm. But because of the amount of time that doesn't get used by players who don't make as many actions... Usually about an hour. And you can finish a a game in about 45 or 50 minutes if you set a 15-minute clock. Interesting.
1: I was playing in a couple of those clock games. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I respect a lot about the clock is that it just encourages game action. It encourages players to, like, make a decision Mm -hmm. and not faff about and go into the tank. Like, going into the tank is fine. And I go into the tank when there's a clock on Mm -hmm. because you need to think. Yeah. But the fact that it, like, gets you to go, right, just make a decision now. Yeah. Like, you... you've thought about it, make the decision. Yeah. Because, like, there's, you know, you can sit in front of a decision going, right, A or B. You can look at all the pros and cons for A, mm. all the pros and cons for B. Once you've thought of those lists, if it's pretty even and it's a 50-50 split... Mm. There's not much point sitting around trying to find an extra reason because no. you've already thought about it. Just hit a button, go for a
0: yeah. swing out at Walt. That's the decision. <laughs> there's just, there's so much hidden information when you're yeah. making these decisions that at some point you just have to pick one, right? Yeah. Like you can um and R ah about it as you say forever. Basically, you can sit there for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and go, oh, I'm not sure. But yeah, the clock basically it's winding down. You have your five minutes in the tank. You know, four minutes, three minutes in the tank. You're considering everything, and then it goes, oh crap! I better make a decision. And you just pick something yeah and it keeps the game moving forward and yeah it means you just try stuff you're more likely to be like well I'll just see what happens if i try this
1: i like clock games me personally. too i think and the other thing that i really like is the, like yeah well like you said when you're in the store there's an hour left to go mm-hmm. and there are people that are keen and i would say that the clock is something that i would not bring to new players that i was, think it's yeah pretty brutal on new players It is, but experienced players like even just like a year or two experience mm-hmm. in commander that's where the clock shines yeah. because this is where people like understand what cards do. You don't have to explain the card. Mm-hmm. You know, like the other thing we'll do if if someone's explaining something, we'll pause the clock because that's yeah. something for the whole table. Yeah. Whereas... And rules not-
0: questions are the same, right? Like if yeah. you're checking a ruling, absolutely no one's time should be going down.
1: Correct. And I think that for those scenarios, you should not include a new player because the Mm -hmm. amount of times you're going to need to pause a clock to explain a new card for a new player or Mm -hmm. something like that is going to be way more just naturally and that's not a bad thing it's just the new players need more time to Have things explained.
0: And I think the time pressure feels more um, intense for new players because they're already under a certain amount of pressure of just like trying to keep the game moving forward and understand what they're doing and make right decisions. And then, yeah, when you add a timer to this, it's just like a bit too much. And yeah, yeah, I, by the way, polled people at the end of most games on how people felt about the clock. With, so, there was 14 of those games. I think there were only about two times where I got people being like, oh, I didn't love it. And, you know, I, I maybe would have preferred a game without it. Or this is why I sort of didn't love it. Yeah. And like to be honest, most of the time that was when we used the, the shorter clock, like a 15-minute clock or something. 15 minutes is very quick. You really don't get much yeah. time. It's it's You're playing a game as fast as you possibly can, yeah. basically. Um, but the 20-minute clock, yeah, vast majority of people were like, I actually like that for keeping the game moving forward. But most people were also like, if I wanted to really socialize with the pod, I would opt out of having the clock. And it's like totally fair enough. Sure. Um, The next question that the Space Commanders, or the next word they used was quality. So they want to know the duration, the quality of the average game. Um, Sure. This is a little harder to quantify, but I thought I would have a look at, because I've noted the Commanders I played against for every game. Yep. Uh, which told me quite a lot about just the format at large, and also the people I was playing against. Hint, hint, hint. Um, so <laughs> the
1: oh, you kind of gave me a side eye there. I'm <laughs> you'll see, you'll
0: see. Um, so the the commanders I played against, I've managed to wrangle Excel into putting it in a graph, in a uh, sequence of uh, how often commanders appeared in the list. So how often yep. I played against particular commanders. Um, did you use a pivot table? Pivot tables are like my favorite I things on the planet. I think I did. I, love I think pivot I did tables. end up using a pivot table. It was very cool. I, Excel is amazing. It's man. such a good program. You can do anything. Um, I, so the uh, the really interesting thing here. So there were a hundred and... Sorry, I'm trying to do some quick maths here. 147 commanders that I played against for the entire wow. time. And really importantly, only 80 of those were repeats. In other words, Commanders I saw more than one time across 50 games. And keep in mind, I'm playing against three Commanders every so single time. it's just over half. More uh, than half the time, a Commander I was playing against in those 50 games was one I had never played against in the other games in the series. That's awesome. I think that's I, great for th- the diversity of the format, that's,
1: right? Uh, actually, that makes me so happy because I've been really worried recently that... The, the, the amount of product that Wizards put out mm-hmm. makes people mass build the latest, strongest commander. Like yeah. when, when Talion came out, mm. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, we're just going to see Talion everywhere because yeah. it's the best blue-black value commander. 100%. I'm actually pretty proud to say I've not seen it outside of CDH. Yeah. Um. I've also... like. You know, like, for example, when, like, the Brothers War came out, I was like, oh, my God, everyone's going to be building Mishra. Everyone's going to be building Urza. Everyone's going to be doing this and that. I'm going to see it all the time. I know one person with a Mishra deck that they actually play it pretty consistently. Yeah. That's it. But, like, I feel like I'm really happy to know that my worries and concerns here were unwarranted because, yeah, well over half was 80 versus 67. Yeah. That's, Yeah. Oh go, go, go commander players. Yeah. I'm really interested if this is an isolated thing just within our local game store and mm. our meta. Uh, this is something I'm curious about. Do you see the same commander where you're playing?
0: I think this would be really different if you just played in a play group. You know what I mean? Like oh, I think. The yeah, fact that for so sure. Many like if you're playing the game, with the same six people. Yeah, yeah. You would see the same decks a lot more yeah, often. For sure. Um, Whereas, yeah, because we play so much in LGS, I think we just like see more different players is the Mm. main thing. And so different players play different commanders. But yeah, I was also just so relieved that the format is so diverse. And I'm sort of starting to see a lot more where the rules committee are coming from when they say, hey guys, we know you're worried about this latest commander and the fact that it's going to be busted. But it's not coming up we just don't see it. And also, yeah, it might come up for that little period of time. And then most people disassemble that deck and you never see it again. How many people do you see playing core for? now yeah like, so few yeah
1: it's so rare oh also actually on that shout out nick oh, um, yeah. just recently <laughs> i want to actually say this on the pod um in a couple of episodes we maybe a few episodes now we yeah. said building your commander wrong or yes. like basically choose the wrong commander for the strategy or uh-huh. choose the wrong strategy for the commander it's a great episode go check it out um but we challenged our listeners to build corvold fakehurst king the original jund broken corvold mm-hmm. as no treasures just for food yep and Nick did it um, yeah. the, the link is in our discord huge shout out man you yeah. actually did it it was really impressive
0: he did the the challenge accepted thing yeah and
1: went at it and the deck looked sweet it actually looked really fun and really playable and not something that like there wasn't yeah, there was none of that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, that, that card alone with Corvold on field is going to make you draw 50 cards and yeah. make you think for half an hour. I feel like it's just like a pretty decent card draw engine. It's just like a value engine. Yeah. Anyway, just a side tangent. No, shout out. Go 100%, check it out.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so then I was, was interested then... So I found out, yeah, 80 of those commanders that I played against were repeats. 67 were played against um, only once the entire time. Mm-hmm. So then... I was interested in which commanders I was playing against the most frequently because I had this table and it was in order. So the most played against commanders for me, they were all tied on six games that I played against them for Mm -hmm. were Erdragon, Tornos Urza's apprentice. That hmm, makes sense. <laughs> and Phylath world sculptor. That's another one of mine. Yep. Yeah. So two of those commanders, I know one person who plays <laughs> each of those and that one person is James.
1: Yeah. I mean it lines up. I built I built Tornos and like kind of in the time frame that you were doing mm-hmm. this and then like really tinkered with the deck and really made it functional. Yeah. And fire left recently had just gotten an upgrade. Cause mm. I had been on the shelf for ages. I wasn't playing it and I neglected it and I forgot how much fun it was. So I rebuilt it yep. and it, is now really really fun mm-hmm. so
0: yeah it makes, sense. It makes these, sense these are in the same way that I prioritize the decks was, and Lear yep. and stuff like that James yeah. is prioritizing decks he either made over or built Sweet, recently. we've already got some data for James's yeah. games that's great <laughs> um, dragon I think makes sense It's a popular commander and uh, this was interesting in that I know one particular player at our store Jordan who has an dragon deck and most of the games were against him but I actually played two games against a different dragon deck as oh, well sweet. I think that one was a changelings deck which was pretty funny actually um, but yeah that six times altogether cool. which is not all that bad sure. Um, But yeah, you'll note that James owns two of those decks, which brings us to James. I decided to do a big rundown on specifically how often I played against James, how often James beat me, how often I beat James. Oh, is this going to ruin our friendship? It's not (laughs) going to ruin our friendship, but I thought it'd be interesting to look at. Yeah, for sure. So you were present in... So keep in mind, there are 50 games here. Sure. You were present... Wait, can I I guess? Yeah, sure. I'm going to guess... I'm going to say
1: 25% of games I was in. So, what would that be? A quarter. Yeah. What's a quarter of a 50? Matt's 18 or something like that. Yeah, 16, 17.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Uh, (laughs) So wrong. You were present in 33 games. Wow. Which is 66% of my Commander games. Holy hell. I.e. two thirds of the time that I was playing Commander in the last 20 weeks, you were in the pod. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! Doesn't that put it in perspective? <laughs> we do play a lot of commander together, right?
0: I, it's interesting. I think I think your number would be lower because you play more commander. I play and you play more commander with other people like CDH and stuff like that. Yes, and I have
1: yeah. My data would probably be skewed because like a typical CDH run, I'd play like five games, and because as we know, you don't play a lot <laughs> of games. I'm not CDH. in any of those games. <laughs> You're not in any of those games, so I reckon you'd probably appear in maybe 25% of my games.
0: I reckon it might be a little high, maybe like 30, maybe 30 or 35. Yeah, actually, 25 is way low. It would not be. 66%. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Two thirds. Two thirds of the wow. time that I play Commander, you're in the pod, which is pretty funny. Okay. Well,
1: now at least we've got some credibility to say that we do know what it's like to play against oh, each other yeah. on this podcast. And you
0: wonder we're always talking about the tricks of like how to beat James, how to beat <laughs> Well, Like we've done it many times. <laughs> sure. Speaking of beating each other.
1: This is the bit that I'm so nervous <laughs> for.
0: So uh, there were 18 times in those 33 games that yep. one of us won. So... About half the time, which is good, actually, That's right? A, yeah. We're, we're winning collectively between the two of us. If you divide, divide it in two, we're winning 25% of the time. It, it shows that we're not pub stomping no, other people. No, yeah. collectively in the games we're playing in, there are other people winning those games half the time. That's yeah. great, right? That,
1: that is great. Like we played a spell table game just recently. I don't know if that was a part of your game log, but we played with a listener from the that UK. That was...
0: No, that was... That was just after the that game log? That was work. game 51. Oh, So that wow. one is not okay. in the log. Yeah. So that
1: one wasn't in the log, but we did play with um, a listener from the UK. Who Benjamin. I'm, Benjamin, hopefully going to come to your LGS while I'm over there, yeah. trying to line it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we played with Benjamin and I played a deck that I like talked up a bit and I said, oh, it's really good. I played it against Walt the other day and it like annihilated everyone on turn six. Yep. and had a million prowess tokens
0: uh, and it did no, nothing. No. I was so sorry <laughs> for you to be in that game because it was just like a, yeah, I was, just filling, agony. I was
1: filling the fourth as well. Like I jumped on being like, because I was just like at home. Yeah,
0: someone else logged off and we were like, oh, we need one more. And James was like, oh, I'll hop on. Yeah. Poor thing. in <laughs> so the only game he did played fine. that night. It, uh, did, it did nothing. Yikes. Anyway, so sure. uh, 18 of those 33 games, one of us won. Do you want to have a guess at the breakdown of how many of those games were won by me and how many were won by you of 18? 18. So, 18. So, so if we won so nine each, that would be 50-50. 50-50.
1: I reckon, I reckon I beat you more often than you beat me.
0: So how many times do you reckon
1: you won off across those eighteen games? I reckon I won, but not by a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, not by a lot. I reckon it's probably like I won ten or eleven games.
0: You are right on the money. Am I? Damn. You won ten times, and Wait, I won eight times. That's
1: okay. At least it wasn't like me winning fifteen no. of those times. I'm okay. Thank, because that was what I was worried about yeah. with our friendship. If if you'd looked at this data and it was like James has kicked my ass is eighteen times, <laughs> like no, no, thankfully not the thank case. Heck, pretty good, right? That's pretty good.
0: Fifty yeah, fifty f- 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 between the two of us. So we're think, playing in
1: the right pods, evidently. Yeah, I think this is really. This is testament to how good we are at balancing powers of decks. I think so. I think we are... The fact that we have so many commander decks is is helpful. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we can always say, like, oh, I don't think this is a Merin game. I don't yeah. think you should bring that out. Like, this is an experimental deck. Merin is very tuned and yeah, synergized. Yeah. I have no idea what this deck can do. Mm. Do you mind bringing something that's a little bit less predictable
0: i think we're we're really good at this because we know our own decks but also we know each other's decks really well Mm. where sometimes i'll pull out a deck and you'll pull out a deck and we'll like look at each other and be like i think yeah that basically i think maron's not quite right here because you're playing that i'm playing this and i can see the other players are playing this that's not quite right i don't think
1: i actually reckon we did an episode ages ago where at the end of the episode we did like a quiz for each other do you remember that
0: which quiz was this? We've got a couple of quizzes now. But
1: like we did a quiz where it's like, How well do you know my I think it might have been the playgroups episode, Yonks oh. ago, where it was like how well do you know my decks oh, and that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of the questions was what's the most expensive card in my NIV mizzet at CDH deck? Yeah, that that's kind of right. Stuff. Yeah. I reckon there's an a whole episode in that if the Space Commanders want a full quiz. James yeah. V.
0: Walt. We know you're listening, Space Commanders, yeah. it might be interesting to see. We'll see if that command pops up. Interesting. interesting. Is there any other
1: interesting data from the games that that is? In?
0: Totally. So I was looking at um, which decks of ours won those games. So for me, so I won eight times. Um, the only deck I won with multiple times against you was Azor the Lawbringer, which which won only twice. So that
1: makes sense. I I actually in my brain think that that deck beats me a lot. Yeah. In my head, like that, when I well, see it.
0: I mean, I only played it four times across the entire of those times. It might have been that the, you know, the only times you saw it might have been those two, which is the, when I they, beat when you. Won, yeah. yeah. it's possible. I
1: actually remember I played a Yuriko game in that. One bar. of them was One the time I beat you Yuriko. and you were playing Yuriko. And yeah. yeah, my Yuriko deck is good. Yeah. Like it's not, it's
0: teetering on that CDH, should I just make it CDH level? It's very high powered, yeah. for sure. Um, but every other time I beat you, so the other six times was a different commander deck. Sure. Um, not the case with you. <laughs> I'm assuming it was like
1: Tornos, Tornos,
0: Tornos, Fire f. So you beat me 10 times. Yeah. There were only three commanders you beat me with. So you beat me... F- I'm going to say... Okay. Tornos. Mm-hmm.
1: Fire hmm Correct twice. And uh, one more deck? Yeah, one more deck. Maybe...
0: Would it be Savine? My new Savine deck? No. We haven't played enough games for you to have beat me, beat me that many times. Right. Okay. It's, I don't know what the other one would it's be. It's Zaxara. Then. Your Hydra deck Wow That's the deck I kind of pull out When I'm like I think this I'll... is why Is it's because You pl- when The decks you pull out Against me Because I'm so often Playing my low powered decks You pull out the same decks Multiple times We'll talk about this In a sec But sure. yeah You beat me So of the ten times You beat me Four of them Were Phylath <laughs> Wow Wow uh, th- I do. I have very strong memories of like
1: having a 30 31 yeah. plant and just being like, I can fling this at yeah. anyone.
0: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, You beat me three times the Tornos Urza's Apprentice. Sure. And twice with Zaxara. I'm just now realizing that's only nine times. So there must have been a 10th uh, deck there that I've not tracked. I don't know what that was, but there's four. Probably yeah. Savine, right? I Savine. think Savine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it must have been. Yeah, yeah you've been Savine. Yeah.
1: I remember it was the first game I had with you with Savine. Yes. Oh, the second game because we had one at PAX that didn't, that didn't finish. finish. Yeah, yeah. And then and the first completed game. I ended up Savine. getting Monastery Mentor down on like turn three yeah. and just. Which is why I you were talking table. it up so much the other yeah. day and why it
0: didn't <laughs> underperform so badly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you it's interesting, I think, that you, based on this data, you pull out the same commanders a lot more often than me. But I think the caveat that I'll put here is that a lot of your commanders I don't see because I don't play as high-powered, Yeah, usually. Like, so, Yuriko, I, I don't see very often, for instance. No. And Scarab God, don't see very often as well.
1: No, you probably also don't see Liesa that much. No. Maybe, like, a couple of times, but, yeah. like,
0: yeah... It's
1: interesting. I would even say, like, moving forward after disassembling a bunch of my decks. Even my new Scorpion God deck. Mm, the I, aristocrats yeah, thing. yeah. Weird deck. But, like, <laughs> I would say that you're probably not going to see that a lot because it's definitely in that higher-powered, mm. synergized tier. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Actually, after I'm taking Yorgmoth out, you probably will. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's interesting though. It's so much of it. This is give and take because I have a couple of times asked you not to play Scorpion God because I've been playing Catilda and Leah. Oh, because it just kills everything. It just human. kills yeah. everything on my board. Yeah. And I don't get to do anything. <laughs> sure. Um. So it's 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 give and take. I think. And so yeah, for whatever reason, you pull out the same decks a little more often. Do, do you think, on average, you play the same decks more often than I do?
1: Well, I, I definitely think I do now because I disassembled a yeah. lot of my decks just recently recently like Mm. i think i disassembled i disassembled um siona Mm. i disassembled atraxa yep i also disassembled gishath i Mm. know it's very sad
0: wow really i didn't know about that one it's
1: gonna be after ixalan it'll probably be revisited all
0: those cards that you can sell even if you don't build it again like all those cards will be worth so much more (laughs) that was kind of the the reason (laughs) i was like look i'm going to england it's an expensive trip gishath's price is about to skyrocket um
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess disassembled those. I disassembled um, another deck, which I'm now forgetting. It was another Selesnya thing. Oh. oh, it was a Naya deck. I can't remember. It was Gishath, and there was another one.
0: Oh, another Naya deck? Oh, I think it might have been cool.
1: Obun. I think I just tore it oh, apart. Oh, the was pre-con. pre yeah. that I tinkered with. with a little bit. And, yeah, yeah, it was like t- five, ten changes or something yeah. like that. But like, yeah. I never played them, so I, I think I have less decks than you now pretty easily. I'd probably say so, yeah. Um. So I probably do play more of the same stuff, but... I yeah against you there is like my brain instantly when I'm sitting down in a pub with you I go right I need to play either Zaxara Tornos or
0: yeah if I'm playing a slightly more powerful deck maybe Phylaff maybe Phylaff yeah, yeah
1: like that would be like my go to yeah. thing like and especially like you know for example the other night at the game store when I did absolutely whoop your ass with Sabine. <laughs> yeah the next deck I pulled out was like right I'll play Zaxara
0: yeah and I ended up winning that game actually as there well there that was one of the two <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah um, I, feel, I feel pretty good about those stats like in terms Me too. of we're beating each other about half the time I'm also yep. really glad we're only winning half the time when we're in a pod as a team yeah I'm really glad because I, I sometimes well that's the thing we're not a team
1: no we're individual players in a yeah. pod and we shouldn't be winning like 80% of the games that, no like th- I think this is a really great example like a good ad for our um, Patreon right if yeah. you sign up to our Patreon and play games with us You've got a 50-50 chance of winning. <laughs> like it's- We're not going to pub stomp you. We're it's not going to team up on you. No. We're not gonna, yeah. It's not a thing that happens with I, us. I'm actually really happy to... To know that because I, I had a feeling that I would beat you more than you beat me.
0: Yeah. Just uh, it w- it's just a, it's just a gut feeling or something. right? Yeah. yeah. And I,
1: I think it's just more like I tend to have a few more higher powered cards. Yeah. Maybe some more synergistic straightforward decks. Like I've
0: said this before, but I also think you have a really, really, uh, in my opinion, better than me. Understanding of what your win looks like. You, you've called me out a couple of times for being like, "Walt, Walt, Walt, go to combat, go to combat, Walt." Like, yeah. I don't see the win on board in the same way that you do. I think you 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 see the win often about a turn in advance, right? And you sandbag and you politic and you know how to get there. And this is also oh. what makes you so good at CDH, in my opinion. Thank you. This this skill translates to CDH very very well. But yeah, I think this is a skill that I'm not quite as good at. I think it just means that I I develop really good board states. Yeah. I think as often, maybe even more often than you do, but I don't win those games as often as you do. Yes,
1: there's actually a deck that I would like to talk to you about in private to maybe look at your win conditions with. Oh. Barbara la Saga. That deck needs to find a win, man. It's really good at building the engine. Like, the engine yeah. on board is incredible. <laughs>
0: Fuck! It can't win. No. Anymore. Did, I, did Baba Lasaga get any game wins? It, I won one game with it the other day. Congrats. In fact, the spell table game before we jumped on with you, I played Baba oh, Saga and won that game. Amazing!
1: Yeah. All right, glad to know it, it can did win. be
0: done. <laughs> but someone said to me the other day, I was like pulling out the deck, and I was like, oh, I think it's so interesting. It was so much fun to build. Like these are the cool cards you get to include. And Ben was like, oh man, that deck looks so sweet. I'm always looking at it, being like, I wonder how that wins. And I was like, yeah. When I work it out, I'll let you know. <laughs> What oh, is that
1: kind of a deck? That's so relatable.
0: Um, we've been talking for quite a while already, oh, and waddy. we've got some, some beefy stuff to come. It's going to be a long I one. I think we'd better take a thrifty interlude. A thrifty interlude. So we've got lots of stuff to cover, including some very interesting data about the conclusion. That was the last word that sure. the, the Space Commanders used. Before that, we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. And as is tradition, I'll be performing a monologue. And this week, it's the Cowled Merchant with some new wares. James, would you like to read the card we're featuring this week? I would, and... Finally, finally, in
1: the Thrifty Inslude, we have an MDFC. Finally, it's a land on the back. (laughs) Uh, But on the front, it's Tangled Florahedron for one and a green. It's a creature elemental that's a one-one. And it taps to add a green mana. And on the back, you get Tangled Veil, which is a land that enters tapped and taps for a green.
0: Ever wanted to transform some meaningless garbage into Life. I'm here to tell you that you can! Well, not you, but someone can! What's that? All you have in your backyard is four cracked stone tiles, your father's ashes, two-thirds of a garden hose, and sixteen pieces of cat poo? That sounds like the perfect recipe for a tropical rainforest! Oh, you didn't want a tropical rainforest because they are the most species-dense biome on the planet, which frightens your inner prey instinct, and they're a bit too wet. Well, too bad! The cost of your hubris is the detritus of your neighbourhood cats. Actually, we'll take the cats as well. Get budgeted! God,
1: man, that guy is odd. Yeah, he's, yeah, I like him. Well, I mean, now he's, he's flogging like biomes now. Yeah. <laughs> Ever wanted a biome yeah. in your
0: backyard? Yeah. <laughs> um, If you enjoyed that, you can see that uh, we release those every Thursday in the Greensboro Commander community Discord server in the Thrifty Thursdays channel. And you can see us bring some of those to life in video form over on TikTok at GetCommanded. Um, we better hop straight back in. We've got a lot Yeah, uh, we've
1: been talking for a while already, and I can see that there's more stats to go. There are indeed. You need to get so, to like the conclusion the of conclusion, it all now.
0: Conclusion. That was the third word that they used. So they wanted to know about the, the duration, quality, and the conclusion of the average game. So, um, funnily enough, when I was tracking this, there are only 49 of these. Um, because I had to go home because <laughs> I was like exhausted and stuff was going on. I don't know how that game actually ended, which is kind of funny. Um, but was so I in it? You were in it. I should have asked you. I could have probably yeah. it out. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe you can find it out later. Well, have a look at your spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> chuck it in. Um, I decided, so I, I just wrote down at the end of each game um, how the game ended. So I just, yeah. just described, um you know, uh, James Cast Overwhelming Stampede with a huge Hydra. That would be the... Uh, what I would write at the end of a game,
1: I would say that's an average end to that yeah,
0: <laughs> Hydra deck. <laughs> makes sense in that <laughs> deck, um, and then what I've done since is I was looking at all the data in preparation for this command, and I decided to d- divide each of the wins into four categories mm-hmm. based on how I sort of imagined the win was put together. So uh, one of them is pretty obvious: combat damage.
1: So, oh right, I see the categories. Yeah, yeah. yeah so cool. this
0: is just someone who, for whatever in whatever way they did, swung for lethal with combat. Sure. There was Combo... Uh, and this is the way we use combo, which is that it doesn't have to be infinite. Some, yep. Sometimes it was, but you know, any combination of cards that sort of wins the game by combining them. So
1: whether it's an A plus B or an A plus B plus C, yeah, A plus B plus C plus D, exactly. Tornos, so, yeah,
0: <laughs> Tornos plus E plus F, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> X, Y, and Z, yeah. and then you might win the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you start again. More yeah. A, more yeah. B, yeah, um, A1, A2. A one, A
0: two. So, like as an example, um, one of the games I won was a Ramy of the Dead Tide and I encored Dreadhound. So, oh, that'll do it. Yeah, so yeah. Dreadhound will mill a bunch of cards, the three of them enter the battlefield, each of them that mills a creature card dings my opponents for three. That wasn't an infinite combo, but the combination of me and Dreadhound is what won me that game. Yeah, Combo win. Um, I then had a category, and this was pretty much, there was only one kind of win in this category. I had it called Incidental, any sort Is of, this like
1: a whoops, I win
0: kind of thing? No, more like like there were incident... Maybe incremental would have been better. It, it's like small amounts of damage. So, like Aristocrats was the oh, big yeah. one So, here. like,
1: just by playing out your game plan of yeah. doing the Aristocrats thing and got you were to like the win. And there were,
0: like, several different triggers in a row, but each of them did a little bit, but collectively they won in that yeah. single turn had, over a while. You
1: had a Vindictive Vampire and Blood artist. Yeah. You had a bunch of tokens, you sacrificed them all, there you go.
0: And this included, like, if someone had any kind of effect that did something like that. So, you know, there's effects that do that when you sacrifice treasures, for instance. That would still count. Sure. Anything that's just pinging a little bit of damage, ping, 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 and then I win. Sure. Incidental. The fourth category was just other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There were only four of these, I believe. uh, Dying to the Clock was one here yep if there were two players left the clock goes to zero you can't win the game you die um being milled out was happened in one of the games um that's that's what we've got into this category wow
1: you only got milled out once
0: uh well no in all the games that i played someone got milled out only once so this is the game of end of every game including ones where i didn't win um so the stats sure 30 combat damage wins across 49 games so the vast Most majority of, of the games in Casual Commander, because that's mostly what I was playing, ending with combat damage. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, and especially the power level that you're playing at, I can see that yeah.
0: 100%. Happens a lot of the time. Uh, there were 10 combo wins, and again, this is just like combinations of a couple of cards. That kind of checks out. You know, you see this yeah. pretty often, Dreadhound, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, there were five incidental wins, so, you know, aristocrats, that kind of thing. And then there were four other wins. So, yeah, like the cl- two of them were the clock. One was Mill. Uh, one was... I sort of called it combat and combo. So you could sort of put that in one of those categories if you wanted, but it was sort of both. I can't remember how that game ended, but it sort of wasn't combat or combo and it was both. Very strange.
1: Godo and Helm.
0: <laughs> it, might, it might've been Helm of the Host.
1: Might've been a Helm? It might've been Helm of the Host and Girid, possibly. Oh, Pro, like making,
0: making a populating... Copies of, and populating copies of Ghirard, specifically, uh, and then they each populate each other. Yeah, Make, I can oh, see it how... It might that. have been that. It was something yeah. like that, where it was like, it was combat damage, but it was kind of just two cards that did sure. it. Anyway, sure, sure. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, 30 combat damage, 10 combos, 5 incidental wins, and then 4 other.
1: Yeah, I'll note here that it's interesting, considering you played one game of CDH... I'm surprised that 10 combo wins came out. Yeah. Like, combo... So
0: one of those was the CDH game, by the way. It was I'd assume so. Oracle and... Um, Dominic. Constellation. consultation. Yeah. 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 Typical. Yeah. It's how 90% of CDH games <laughs> end. It's um, common.
1: But I would say that in casual, I'm actually happy, personally, mm-hmm. I'm happy to see 10 combo wins. Yeah. I think combo wins are actually like a really valid way to win. Mm. I think the less salt-inducing ones are the non-infinites. Yes. But the ones that... Like, for example... I reckon I might have considering Tornos came up a lot, I reckon I would have beaten you maybe twice, potentially with Tornos with infinite turns. With Um
0: there was a one. there was a win where you with Memnarch where you stole the whole board. Right. That, that, was, that I called a combo combo win. Because I think I
1: also flipped the Storm you flipped the, the Vault. That's what let you have yeah, the mana to do. So I had a million mana. mana I still call that a combo, right? Yeah, that's that two was cards was that
0: Storm the Vault, Memnarch, and Oh not you didn't even really need your commander. Yeah, it was two two card yep. combo to me. That was how yep. that game was won, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm saying with you.
1: That I, I'm kind of happy to see that combos are more common. Than I thought they were. Yeah. Um, I'm actually really happy about this. I've had a lot of my playgroup say that people shouldn't be scared or as scared of combos as people are. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah. Where, like You can have combos in your deck that Absolutely. aren't salt inducing and don't just end the game out of nowhere. Mm. The player still has to work towards the win. Yeah. The thing that you've said that I really respect and now that I build my combos around of it. If the combo happening comes out of nowhere, no one can see it. And it makes all previous game actions irrelevant. Mm. That's where it's salt-inducing. Yeah. But, for example, if you've got like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like, oh, for example, my Scorpion God uh, old combo with the Yorgmoth nest of scarabs. Mm -hmm. That's an A plus B plus C combo. Yeah. I need three cards to make that win. Mm -hmm. And it's very unlikely that they're all coming out in a single turn. And
0: you would have to have an Aristocrats effect to even win with the infinite damage right
1: yeah well that's that's the that's the C that's the C the, oh, A, the A, right, A would right, be Yorgmoth right. the B would be Nest of Scarabs yeah. C would be an Aristocrat
0: yeah so at that point like it's safe to assume that one or more of those cards were on the battlefield before that turn began so it yeah. doesn't feel like it invalidates the game actions that came before it because it's like oh no I could have stopped this yes. like this the, you know maybe Yorgmoth's been sat at the table for three turns it's and like the second if you I see Yorgmoth that Yorgmoth alone I probably deserve to lose yeah.
1: and to be honest <laughs> if it came down if if I'm highlighting, especially in the Rule Zero conversation, if I said, hey, I've got this combo in the deck, yeah. if part of the combo comes down, by all means, swing out at that player. Yeah, swing alarm bells at me. should yes. be
0: ringing. And so if we haven't dealt with that problem, maybe we deserve to lose yeah. that way. Yeah. And if you
1: don't have permanent removal, player removal is the next best yeah. option. Like, actually go for that.
0: 100%. I, I also was glad to see combo wins. And it actually led me to um, a bit of data I created here. So this is not something I tracked very closely in the log but I realised it could be turned into uh, quantifiable data here so sure. numbers which was how many cards were needed to close out the game ah oh, interesting so like for example Memnarch and Storm of
1: Vault. that would be two two of those cards were required to get that ton of mana but then I guess you'd also argue that you need all the artifacts on board for that to tap for a million mana it's nebulous for sure yeah but I see what you're saying like you quantified how many cards
0: we needed to close it out. Yes. So yeah. so I was not including, yeah, the things, theoretically, every land you played contributed to your win because you yeah. used the mana well, in it, Well, right? realistically, every
1: commander game requires 100 cards to win. Yeah. You need your commander. You need to have your deck. You need to shuffle it like the particular yeah. way that you did. Like,
0: yeah, all of those are factors. But yes, I was most interested in, okay, on that final turn, what was the thing that got you over the line? Yeah. Uh, and how many cards were needed on that turn or sort of around that turn for the win to come together in that way. Sure. Um, so, like, as an example, if someone uh, untapped and just had lethal flyers in the air and just went to combat and, sw- like, you know, you've, you're at 10 life, I've got three, four, four angels, you have no flyers. If I just untap with those angels, go to combat, attack you, that I called zero cards because there were no new cards added to the board state right. for the
1: win. It's, you're not deploying a win condition. You're just using what you had at the time yeah. to close it out. I see what you're saying. So I'm talking
0: about like, in the same way that when we talk about our deck building template, we talk about win con cards. This, this is, is like, kind of highlighting that. Yeah, so
1: for example, overwhelming stampede, that if would you be just one. have the board state and you cast overwhelming stampede and it resolves and you win, that's one card.
0: That was what I would call one card. Sure, 100%. 100%. Whereas then, here. like, like nest of Scarabs, that kind of thing, that's three, but yeah, an, an aristocrat and a sacrifice outlet and then just enough ping damage, that would, was what I would call two yeah, because you needed the theoretically you Sacrifice needed all the fodder outlet, yeah. but mostly you needed to win the game to end the game that turn a you sack had to have outlet, outlet and, and an the aristocrat. aristocrat effect
1: okay I'm gonna guess here mm-hmm. just because I, f- I find these fun Yeah, I'm gonna assume most of the wins mm-hmm. were either consisting of one or two card win conditions
0: those were the most commonly appearing numbers yes, yes
1: I thought so yes I mean that's like what we say in our deck building template we say like what, what what we say? Like three to five win con win cards. Con cards. Yeah. That to me makes sense. Mm. Like, you know, three to five win con cards. If you get one of them or two of them, you should be winning. You should. With the right board statement, with the right setup. So yeah, yeah
0: I would argue out. that it checks out to me. Yeah. So I'll run through the stats here. Uh, there were four games that ended with zero cards contributed. Just, just like incidental board state. Yeah. Or just th- there was lethal damage on board. Yeah. Like already. Uh, there were 14 one card ends to the game.
1: Probably most overwhelming stampede. That kind of <laughs> that thing. Kind but of thing. sometimes
0: it was like resolve commander. You know, oh, and yeah, like if, you, sure. if your commander's got a pump effect on it, or like, you know, someone was playing Sidar Kondo, oh, which yeah. gives the creatures that are small unblockable. That yep. was like the one card combo quote that yep. won the game. Uh, there were 16 two-card. Wincons, which yep. checks out. Uh, there were eight three cards, and there were seven with four or more cards. Four or more? Yeah. Wow, that's actually quite a lot. A lot of those were those incidental wins, you know, like, sure, I, like you needed to have things. the sack outlet and the aristocrat effect and this thing. A and token generator. This token or, generator, yeah, 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 sure, okay. A few different parts of that um, end. So, the, the, the thing that I th- found that was really interesting here is as someone who has uh, publicly been quite opposed to combos in general, I think it's very interesting that so much of the time, even because we know that 30 of those games ended with combat damage, so, you know, yep. not, not combos necessarily, that still theoretically there were one or two cards that were played that resulted in the win. Like how different is that really from From a combo. combo. And I've been on the record, as you say, on this of saying I don't like combos that invalidate the game actions that came before it. And so winning with combat damage, you know, you at least have to have players at a certain life total. You have to have a certain board state. Like, that's why I like that more. But
1: I'm proud of you for like saying that, yeah, combos are basically the same as casting an overwhelming stampede on the right board.
0: Theoretically, I I think I have to think more about what it is exactly about combos that I'm opposed to because it's true. There are some times where a combo ends the game and I'm like, yeah, fair enough. That that player earned Mm. that. And other times where I'm kind of like, oh, that kind of feels a bit, there's a sour taste in my mouth. But yeah, when I think, when I look at the stats, it's like, well, most of the time, regardless of the exact way someone Mm. is winning, there are mostly one or two cards that resulted in the win so mm. how different is that really from a combo so I might have to soften my anti-combo status a little bit I think
1: okay I'm I'm firstly proud of you I think that's great thank you I'm just quickly I'm just gonna like survey you to get my own little bit of data in my own brain <laughs> okay how do you feel about some of my combos like we've talked about my tornos deck before and the mm. fact that it can go infinite turns you said that because it requires so much setup yeah you're okay with it mm-hmm. but in recent times I've actually found some short cuts of getting there and yeah. like stuff like that how do you feel about that compared to like for example in my savine deck i'm running pariah which is a combo that means i can't take any damage mm. how do you feel about like these kinds of combos because that doesn't win me the game pariah plus savine. yeah
0: it's interesting i <sighs> It's it's something to do with when it's on board is important to me. So pariah being on board, yeah, stops you from being able to do anything. But you can see how much of a problem it is. Like I'm fine losing when it's kind of like you know. Sometimes when you win, like a turn earlier, I've told the board like, guys, we need to deal with James. Look at James's yeah. board. Look at James's board right now. He'll sure. underestimate it. We got to deal with it. And then you know we didn't draw the cards. We didn't find the outs. And then you won. It's like okay, like. We could see that there was a problem that was there. We weren't able to deal with it. James deserves the win here. Yeah. When it's like, sometimes with the Tornos deck, sometimes, not always, Mm -hmm. the combo really is like, okay, I untap. I have these 15 lands and like three mana rocks. I play this, I play this, I play this. I think I win. Right. Yeah. Hasn't happened often, but when that happens, it's kind of like, I mean, I was warning people about how many cards you could draw. Yeah. So we could kind of see this coming, but it sort of came a little bit out of left field. Yeah.
1: That's what I wanted to kind of highlight the fact that sometimes it just deploys on a turn and yeah. wins. And like, yeah, I guess the threat assessment there is where you're looking at how many cards I've drawn, mm. how much I've been sandbagging or yeah. like what I've been preparing, or maybe I like, you can see the setup to the win yeah. coming or like something like that. But like, for example, like a classic combo could be a reiterate combo. Like, yeah. a bunch of instants and sorceries that combo together. It's mm-hmm. so like reiterate, for those that don't know, is a copy spell, but it has buyback for three. So yeah. it copies a target instant or sorcery on the stack, and you buy it back, meaning you return it to hand again and again and again and again and again. So mm-hmm. if you can reduce the cost of reiterate, it reduces the buyback cost, and you can basically reiterate something. A million times. It's
0: yeah. Very, very common win con in Mizics of the... Um, is Magnus. Is Magnus yeah. decks. Because you reduce the cost until you're pay- paying Red Red, I think, to copy yeah. it. And then you might have 50 Red in your pool. And it's like, cool. Yeah, well, you just copy cast like bolt 50 times. A
1: Mana Geyser. Yeah. And then reiterate, you're yep. winning a game. You like set. That kind of stuff to me is more like, well, all of my board setup meant nothing. Yeah. You were just playing Solitaire. And I do mm. feel like those combos are the ones that induce salt. Yeah. Is where people are like, oh, I was close I was setting up my board I was working hard and it just felt like you got it out of nowhere but the thing I want to say is the people that are setting those combos up that come out of nowhere mm. are actually working hard to do it. Yeah. They're drawing a bunch of cards. They've made the decision not to deploy half a combo.
0: The sandbagging is huge there.
1: Yeah. And this this is my thing. I think that the, I understand where the salt comes from with mm. combos. I get that some people are like, oh, now my it all my game actions previously are completely irrelevant. But they weren't. They were relevant because the combo player that had it all in hand was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. I can't deploy part of my combo yet and I have to take like a full turn off Mm -hmm. to make the table think that they're the threat or like Walt's about to win so I can untap and win on my turn. Mm. I actually think these combos are much more interesting when you look at them from behind the combo player's eyes.
0: Yeah, and, maybe there's something to be said for me getting a better appreciation for combos by playing more of them.
1: I Yeah, and I actually reckon there's a couple of decks that I would love to give you of mine and of um, one of our good friends, Ben. Ben mm-hmm. plays a lot of like more higher-powered yeah. um, games, uh, and I reckon you would appreciate just how much work... Is to set up like, mm. you know, setting up the graveyard, setting up your battlefield, yeah. setting up your hands. There's lots of things and also setting up the players. You have to kind of mm. let the players get the Target players particular to particular
0: things, and, and also
1: see your window. Mm. Like if you look at a table and you see everyone's got untapped mana, you're like, oh, I can't deploy a combo win right now. No. It's going to get
0: stopped. Yeah. So you have to find your opportune moment. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think there's more for me to learn about combos. Mm. I'll definitely agree with that. And Bit yeah. of a side tangent from the
1: data, but I think it's relevant considering there were what was it? Ten
0: wins with combos. Uh, they were ten. 10. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or maybe eleven if you count that combo plus plus combat one. So that's f- like they're ending games anyway. A fifth. Yeah. So you might as well have some sort of relationship with them. I yeah, agree for sure. Um, I think the other big takeaway. I just want to very say very clearly here. You need to run wincons in your decks. Yeah. <laughs> 90 over 90% of the games that were played, someone needed to deploy a card or two or sometimes 3 or 4 to close out the game like only four of those games were there just lethal damage on board mm-hmm. from flyers or tokens or something mm-hmm. typically at least an overrun effect or you know some sort of um, protection spell or a board wipe like something was needed to get you over the line so you need to run them in your decks like seriously <laughs> so what's what's the win Wingcon and Babalasarya then? It's incidental. <laughs> it's in, it comes under the incidental category. Right, okay. There are, there I are see aristocrats it. effects there. I see, it I, see um, it. I had one other stat that I thought was interesting from this section, which is uh, how often the commander itself was one of those cards.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, because we've talked about the command... Like, the choice that you make for commander in your deck building can either fill one of a couple of roles. It can yeah. either be, like, the enhancer, mm-hmm. the setup... It can be the engine. It like can my be the
0: engine, My yeah. Barbala Saga deck, Baba is just the engine. It's Barbara the card drawer, it's everything. How I'm stacking things, yeah. how I'm draining people's life, how I'm drawing cards, yeah. Yeah,
1: and or it could be the win con, like a commander, like... Mm-hmm. Kamal Heart of Croser is a yeah. great example because we always use the overrun, overwhelming Stampeders example. Mm-hmm. That's a commander with it stapled onto it. Yeah. Like it's it's a great example. But there are other commanders that other win con as well. Like, for example, like my Liesa deck mm. is the incidental value. Yeah. That's my like my Wincon is actually I say I still run a few WinCons like debt to the Deathless mm-hmm. just to get me over the line. But
0: Liesa can do it on her own.
1: Liesa, if you just sit back and protect the hell out of Liesa, she'll win you the game. Yeah. Um, other decks, for example, like Fire firelaf creates my board, but yeah. doesn't win me the
0: game. No, you need that other effect to get over the line yeah. usually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the Commander itself was one of those cards in the categories I highlighted before, about 45% of the time. Nearly half. Nearly half. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, as you say, there's this kind of breakdown of... of commanders that are the enhancer or the engine and commanders sure. that are the win con that was more than I expected that the commander itself, this is important to note. Like if there were three or four cards involved, it may not have been the commander giving the overrun effect or doing something like that, but the commander might've made a huge board of tokens or it might have mm. drawn you a bunch of cards. Like there was some part of that turn where the commander was integral to the win, but it may not have been the win itself. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. That's interesting. I think like the conclusion of this is, like, what can we take from this mm. as, a, as a piece of conclusionary statement from the data? Is mm-hmm. your commander is so important to your win, yeah. regardless of whether it's the setup or the the like the last card you cast. One hundred percent that is the importance of picking your commander and yeah. even if we look back a couple of episodes ago to that choosing the wrong commander kind of thing mm-hmm. like for example my scorpion god deck it's the it's an aristocrat strategy but the commander cares about neg one neg one counters mm. so my commander is my card drawer is my value engine yeah. so it's still hyper important mm. so even if you're looking back on that episode and going but you two said that i should pick the wrong commander for my deck so yeah. i'm never casting it no no, no it's still important yeah. it's just filling maybe a different role than what you thought it would be. A slightly less integral role.
0: Yeah. The other thing I would take away from this, and this is like almost the op- the counterpoint to that, is it's still extremely important in Commander to answer other people's commanders. Yes, you need their whole have- deck is built around it. Yeah, like- <laughs> well, and sometimes, you know, when you're going around the table and you're looking at someone who looks close to the win, the thing that might cut them from the win most definitively is their commander. So, yeah, yeah you know, Path to Exile, Swords to Plowshares, even... I've been seeing a lot of uh, people playing more of the auras, like Darksteel Mutation and stuff like that. Kenrith's like Transformation. Kenrith's Transformation. Yeah. They remain really important. So, con- continue to include those in your decks. And maybe if you're someone who's been playing five, six, seven pieces of interaction, if you play more like 10 or 11 pieces of interaction in your deck, you may find you're stopping your opponents from winning more often and winning more as yeah. a result.
1: Well, I mean, like, the other things that you got to think about, like, it, you have to make them have it sometimes. Yeah. And by removing their commander, that either says you have... Like, for example, great example here is Azor the Lawbringer. Yeah. Um, Azor the Lawbringer is Sphinx's revelation on a stick when it attacks. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't have other ways of gaining life or drawing a bunch of cards to, like, kill us with Psychosis Crawler... Yeah. If you've got your commander on board, you might just have, like, a bunch of other stuff in your hand. Mm. If I get rid of Azor you can't win on your next turn by just dumping a load of mana into Azor and killing us with Psychosis Crawler. So I have to make you have the extra card draw in your hand. Force me to have it. Yeah, force you to have it.
0: Yeah. Um, There is one more piece of data that I tracked that I will not be covering in this episode because it deserves an episode of its own. Uh, It was... Those of you who have played me directly may know what it is because it's the one thing that I've been keeping in my game log that I haven't mentioned so far. What It's... It was something that I was tracking really closely. I'm not going to spoil it. But there's one particular thing I was tracking across all the games that I played. One aspect of how the game unfolded that I tracked the whole time. It's so interesting, the data that I got from it, that I would like to give it its own episode. It might take three or four episodes, or maybe five or six even before it comes out. But trust me, it'll be worth it. So. Oh, man, I don't, it... I'm
1: struggling to think of this. Am I going to have to wait or when the mics stop? Can you tell me?
0: I'll sort of tell you
1: when the mic stop. Uh, yes. <laughs> the perks of being on the podcast. <laughs> I'm excited for our episodes, too. There you go.
0: Um, Commander is a format with an enormous amount of variance, which is one of the things we love about it. But it can make it difficult to track your decks and how they fit in with the format at large. When we do consult the stats that we do have, we can see that the format is going to be all right. Players are winning a reasonable amount of the time. Games are going for a reasonable length. Win cons are working, and the pool of commanders is more diverse than it's ever been. So, Space Commanders... Command, Command received.
1: received! That was a colossal episode, wasn't it? We were going for like an hour and 20, something yeah. like that. A lot of, firstly, well done. Huge, <laughs> huge episode for, for research-wise. Thank
0: you. It, there was... About six hours, I reckon, of just looking at stats and entering them and (laughs) making pivot tables and all that kind of thing. So to the listeners out there, do you feel commanded? What do you think of these stats and do they align with your experiences playing casual commander?
1: And you can follow us and talk to us on all our social platforms. Sorry, I was the other way with the fairies there. That <laughs> was right. like a long pause. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram threads, at Get Commanded on all platforms. But the best way to talk to us is by joining the Greensboro Commander Community's Discord channel. So jump in the show notes and join that. You can talk to us and other members of our play group that we've mentioned in this episode. <laughs> but also follow us on Twitch because yeah. Twitch is where our first stream will be. And because we're recording all of Out of Order at the moment, mm. I can't remember if this episode is going to be-, be
0: after- when the stream happens.
1: Damn it. So the video on demand will be on YouTube. (laughs) Go subscribe to the YouTube channel at Get Commanded. And there will be more
0: streams. So yeah, definitely follow us on Twitch to see those. Um, And of course, we would be lost without our patrons. So don't forget to check out our Patreon page for more ways to support us directly. It's linked in the show notes. We'd like to say thank you to Stella Tam, Fuzzy, and Bottomless Potamus, our patrons who support us, and an extra special shout-out to Fletcher Cutting, who supports us in the Space Commander tier. You are all the best. You sure
1: are. And Palms Off Gaming is also pretty damn good. They're actually sponsoring our podcast and make fantastic sleeves, deck boxes, and all that kind of stuff. And you can find them at palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash... Hashtag get commanded or use the discount code commanded 10 to get a huge 10% off on your purchase. Um, You're also supporting the show when you do this. Mm -hmm. So commanded 10 at checkout or forward slash hashtag get commanded um, is the URL to go to no idea why there's a hashtag in there <laughs> I guess that the guys at Pog were just like you're gonna be cool with a hashtag and <laughs> stuff
0: <laughs> shout out the socials yeah
1: hashtag get commanded <laughs> so yeah go to their website um, get yourself a, a nice uh, set of like card sleeves because I know that their new card sleeves have just they're gone just live they just come out they're called the blackout sleeves these are the ones that Walt and I were given to test like ages
0: ago yeah. and have a bit of a play around this is the, the sleeves that the Thursday Incarnate deck. Deck is currently in and they're, they're really sweet. Yeah. I like
1: I like shuffling them a lot. Also, my niv at CDH deck is in Ooh. these sleeves. So if, if you want a bit of a, like, you know, I use these sleeves on my most expensive cards. Trust them. I trust them. And they're also great shuffle feel.
0: They're really nice to shuffle.
1: And they're really clean too. Like the blackout sleeves, they have a really strong back. Mm. So it's like a super strong color as well. They're yeah. printed really well. And the card, like it's got a black backing of mm. the back of the sleeve. So makes it makes
0: all the colors pop up well yeah
1: it's super cool so yeah get command uh palmsoffgaming.com yeah we'll try it
0: again palmsoffgaming.com.au dot 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 forward, forward slash hashtag get, get commanded, commanded. <laughs> there we go we did it uh, unified um, that's all of the magic stuff I reckon so I reckon we should planeswalk out of here mm. somewhere outside of magic outside the world of commander where are we planeswalking this week James?
1: I would like to planeswalk and maybe time travel uh, uh. a little bit to Gallifrey to uh. London England uh. is because that's every episode of Whee- Doctor Who doo-doo. doctor <laughs> well, who, is doctor what we're who for sure uh, mainly because I mean everyone has heard about the Doctor Who commander decks that yeah. have just come out but I have been re-watching a couple of my old favorite episodes and mm-hmm. actually specifically trying to show Theo my partner episodes that they have not seen ah, to try and catch them up because okay. the 60th anniversary for Doctor Who mm-hmm. is just around the corner which in my opinion, is the whole reason why Magic did this collab right now is because the BBC is trying to, like, promote Doctor Who and get it back... But the main thing about the 60th anniversary special that I'm so hyped on is Russell T Davies is coming back as the showrunner.
0: I am so pumped. He's such a brilliant writer. He, he, for those who don't know, ran the show for series one, two, three, and four. So this was Christopher Eccleston's season, the three seasons of David Tennant, and then all the specials that came before Stephen Moffat took over as showrunner. Um, These are all the seasons that I watched and that I absolutely adored. These
1: are... I mean, I... The pilot episode of Doctor Who rose. Mm -hmm. I watched like when it went live on BBC iPlayer while I was a little kid in Queensland, wow. because I was, my parents were obsessed with it and I was in an English family. So before it really got big in Australia, I was that one nerdy kid at primary school <laughs> running around with a sonic screwdriver and everyone's like, I what is this weird it. show? And now it's huge in yeah. Australia and huge everywhere. Um, I love Russell T. Davies writing. I mm-hmm. think he's fantastic. I actually just I watched a really, really great video essay about Doctor Who and women and how women are represented ah, in Doctor Who. This is
0: in my watch later. This is by a YouTuber called Verily Bitchy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's great. I really enjoy her content. Yeah,
1: it's, um, it was really, really interesting. I th- really noticed why, because I stopped watching Doctor Who just after kind of, like, maybe partway through Peter Capaldi's run, he mm-hmm. was the the 12th Doctor. So,
0: after Matt Smith, yeah. but before Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. But, like,
1: I'd stopped enjoying the show quite a lot when mm. Russell T Davies left. Yeah. And when Stephen Moffat took over... Nothing against Stephen Moffat as a writer. I think that he does a great job at writing episodes. Like, he's a very Mm. good individual
0: episode writer. He wrote... Some of the best episodes of of Doctor Who during Russell Sweet Davies' tenure as the showrunner were one-offs or two-offs by Stephen Moffat. Like, Empty Child, Blink, Blink. um, The Girl in the Fireplace.
1: All of these, like, some of my favourite episodes ever. But as a showrunner, I think he has trouble representing specifically women, the companions of the doctor mm. with like empathy. And I don't know how to quite put it. The yeah. video essay was great. I might actually link it in the show notes. Yeah, sure thing. Um, but the, the, the kind of attitude that Russell T Davies had towards the companion was a surrogate for the audience. Mm. Rose Especially in the first instance, we saw the Doctor through Rose's eyes. Mm -hmm. Our story followed Rose. Like, you know, we didn't see any secrets that the Doctor was keeping from Rose. No. It was all through Rose's eyes. Whereas Mm. when Moffat came on, I think that the show pivoted really strongly because instead of seeing the world through Amy Pond we saw it through the doctor and Amy was just this kind of character. I mean, she's referred to as the girl that waited. Right. Mm. And I think that the, the use of women in the shows recently, I'm like, I mean, even Jodie Whittaker's incarnation of the doctor, Mm -hmm. I've, I've not seen much of her, but this video essay put in like a really strong statement that Jodie Whittaker's doctor is less memorable because she's not this like, amazing doctor like you know no Mm. one can touch the doctor she's just out of this world kind of thing she's much more equal playing field with her companions in those because Mm -hmm. there was i think three companions for most of her yeah that's Uh,
0: my recollection yeah so
1: like it's more of like an even round table Mm -hmm. but the doctor is meant to be fantastical and kind of unreachable i found it interesting but Mainly, I'm super hyped because Russell T. Davis is coming back, who yeah. is brilliant. He's fantastic. And also, I'm going to be in London when it
0: happens. I'm mm. going. I'm going to be
1: going to a cinema and watching the special happen with a bunch of other nerds in in London. Ah, uh, I'm hyped. So excited. It's going to be great. So excited. I'm so
0: excited for the next Doctor as well. I'm always Shuity Gatwa. oh yeah, that's yeah. it. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, he's really great actor. So cool. Yeah,
1: Sex Education was a great show. Yeah. mainly because of his performance. He was
0: probably my favorite character in the whole show for sure yeah most relatable i think like the most like and just like most interesting like the different yeah. aspects of him and the way that they unfolded across the show and in relation to the other characters were just like beautiful mm. to watch yeah really good television yeah really touching i can't wait for to go. it's gonna be great so excited so excited it's so excited well that's all we have time for so we'll see you next friday for another transmission from the space commanders goodbye commander players